0: Welcome to the Just In Case It Burns Podcast, with your hosts, Justin
1: and Burns. Alright Burns, I have a trivia question for you.
0: Well actually, Justin, I have a trivia question for you.
1: Uh oh, let's I'm hear turning it.
0: the tables. Alright, name me the country that has the largest attendance of any wrestling
1: match ever. Oh, the country that has the largest attendance of any wrestling match ever? Correct. I'd like to say the United States, but I'm sure it's not the United States.
0: It is not. I will give you a Um, hint. It is a promotion that WCW and New Japan did a show together back in the 90s. Man. So what country?
1: I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to pull this. I don't know. Um. This isn't going to be right, but Saudi Arabia.
0: <laughs> no, actually, it was North Korea.
1: North Korea. Wow. They had a two-day event
0: in April of '95. Day one had 150,000 people, and day two had 170,000 people. So we're looking at 320,000
1: for the whole event. Wow. That's incredible. Well, thank you for that. That was a very good one. (laughs) All right. Well, I will save mine for next week then. We will just move forward. Um, We're back. This is a week before we normally do a show. Uh, We wanted to hop on here. Um, just there was a lot that happened last week, so um, Burns and I wanted to get on here and have a quick little chat about everything that's happened over the past week with the two pay-per-views that happened last weekend and then anything that happened um, throughout the week. So we'll just go with a d- quick uh, you know, double or nothing recap, Night of Champions, we might talk about that a little bit, and then a few things that happened on Dynamite, uh, Don Callis, um, and, a few, and the Acclaimed. So, you ready to dive in?
0: Let's
1: hear it. Uh, so, the first thing I want to talk about was um, they were making mention of Kenny Omega being out of the country or something weird like that. And uh, Adam Page was said, well, he is out of the country, but he's not somewhere or whatever. I just wanted to ask, is that, is he just taking some time off now after that big pay-per-view or did he get hurt just doing some other things or what's going on there?
0: Yeah, I don't think he got hurt. I think it's just a progressive storyline. Um, so Don Callis could bring in uh, um without any interference and kind of explain all, all of that a little bit more. Um, I don't think there's any other reason behind it than, but that. I didn't hear anything of him being hurt. Didn't really see anything that could have led to him being hurt like that. So I think it's just a storyline progression.
1: Okay. So it was just kind of something to say to keep him in the story uh, since he wasn't there that night. Uh, just to keep things rolling. Okay. Well, speaking of Don Callis, he, uh, him and Takashita came out to a very loud, raucous crowd of Booze, which was quite enjoyable. I always enjoy it when the crowd doesn't really let people talk um, and they try to play to the crowd but it's just really difficult of because of how loud <laughs> loud it is. Um, but Donkhouse appears to be um, creating a new stable or group or whatever you want to call it. Um, we were wondering if Ned talked in the past about that they might be joining the Blackpool Combat Club due to some of the actions that Don Collis had had made, but it appears that's not going to happen and that he's uh, starting his own kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it uh, looks like he's just taking on a new protege like he did with Kenny um, and Dr. Um, I think all the Blackpool Combat Club just kind of fed into all of that and bringing him in. Uh, so it was a nice little segue for him uh, to get that done and kind of keep everybody on the toes.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who who that group would be or if it'll just kind of be Don Callis and Takashita or if there'll be other people that they bring in. I mean, I thought it was interesting how he was talking about, you know, you, you destroyed my family, so now I'm going to destroy yours. And I think to do that, you're going to need more than Takashita.
0: Yeah, he also made mention that, you know, you were like a brother to me, speaking of Kenny Omega and... and... Takashita is a son to me, so it may just be a one on one thing um, while the Elite and Adam Page kind of deal with the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, it could have everybody in the mix, so you a little interference in there um, while Omega is dealing with the Blackpool Combat Club with the Elite and uh, Adam Page. And then, you know, Kalos always comes out with Takashita and, and kind of a distraction or whatever. Uh, could go a couple different ways on that. I'm hoping the latter to keep that rivalry going with the elite and the Blackpool Combat Club, though.
1: Yeah, and just to tie it back to the double or nothing pay-per-view, um, that anarchy in the arena match we've discussed on a previous podcast, whether you would prefer to take broken glass or thumbtacks. Not sure I'd want to take thumbtacks on the bottom of my foot uh, ever. Like I mean, what was, or... it? was it Nick Jackson?
0: Yeah, or an exploding shoe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was interesting. I actually read somewhere that he had to get a special permit and uh, license to have explosives in, uh, in Las Vegas for that that spot there. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd want to take thumbtacks or glass, honestly. Either one. <laughs> Can't say they feel good, but more power to them. Though. They do it all the time.
1: No, I just don't know, you know, sitting around talking about, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Well, how do you feel about just getting your foot slammed down into the thumbtacks? Oh, sure. Okay. No. No. yeah, Not something I'm going to try in the near future. No. Um, so I know we kind of jumped right into Dynamite, but we doing, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Double or Nothing, um, a couple of things that happened there. Um, first... Um, I don't want to get right to the main event, but um, we'll talk about Jade Cargo finally losing. I was very happy to see that. It wasn't quite how I thought it would be with uh, Ty Valkyrie doing it, but it was her manager running his mouth and getting like he always does. And I think it's kind of one of the things that you know Tony Khan and AEW done well is they've done these storylines and kind of done background things that they kind of brought full circle and this was one of them where they were doing that where it didn't really mean a whole lot but then at the pay-per-view it meant a whole lot when Statlander came out and beat her right after she just went through a pretty heavy match
0: yeah uh, it was a good comeback uh, big surprise I've always been a fan of uh, Chris Statlander uh, a little a good wrestler so it's good to see her come back um, and then take the belt off of her which was a surprise I know we both did our predictions said Jade would win so we did get those correct um, but yeah enjoyed it I'm glad we can move on from that and maybe get some more people in in the mix for that title and then I think that's going to kind of allude to what we were talking about if she loses she'll step up and go for the women's title Um, so maybe that's where that goes
1: yeah, no. I think I actually had her losing, but I had her losing to Valkyrie, so I don't know if we can count that as a as a victory for me. It, it, it is not. <laughs> maybe half. Maybe half a win. Half a win. No. Yeah, half point. Um. Yeah. So then the uh, the battle royale that was looked pretty entertaining. Lots of. Um, a few big guys in there throwing their weight around. Uh, but the main thing I wanted to mention about that was, you know, obviously I, I thought Ricky Starks was going to come out of there. He did not. Um, but I really enjoyed how they ended the match. If you were going to have Orange Cassidy win that match, that was a great way to do it. Just have him walk over there nonchalantly, kick the hand off the rope. Yeah, that's was, his it,
0: stick right there, doing everything. is with little effort as possible and you know he busted his ass at the match and then went you know looked like he was going to do the orange punch and was like yeah screw it and just flipped his hand off kicked it off and uh there you have it
1: it was it was i thought it was perfect so that was i mean it was funny and it was a it was a good conclusion to a good match and we all got to laugh so it was it was well done i thought it was and all those other
0: storylines that uh we had talked about it kind of played off in there, and I think it will enhance those going forward. So uh, I know a lot of people don't like the Battle Royals because there's a lot of people in there, and it's hard to watch, but I think this it was a good one. Um, it did a lot for everybody involved there.
1: Yeah, one thing that kind of spun off of that was the um, the Bullet Club. They, um, they kind of came out of it kind of challenging FTR on Dynamite um, until Ricky Starks came out and kind of blew that up. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be the next kind of tag team duo going after FTR um, for the for that title.
0: Yeah, it kind of looks like it's uh, lining it up to be that way. Um, also looks like a lot more people are going to the trios, so that kind of limits how many actual tag teams you've got. So I think the logical thing to do is put the Bullet Club up against them.
1: Yeah. And um, speaking of trios, it was, so the acclaimed lost to to House of Black. I don't think we have that in our last podcast. I don't know if that match had actually been talked about before. Yeah, I don't um, think it was
0: announced until after we had done ours.
1: Yeah, so we didn't get the chance to pick that Um I'm not sure which way I would have gone. I probably would have stuck with House of Black. I didn't think they were going to have them lose. I do think at some point the Atlanta will probably take the belts off of them, um, just because I thought the promo they cut on Dynamite was very good. You know, Daddy Ass was saying he was he felt bad because he was doing all, that and they were picking him up, saying, "Hey, we're going to get this gold for you one last time."
0: Yeah, I think that's the way it's going. Um... I don't think you can take it off the house of black yet. I think these matches that they have going right now, the house rules and all that is, is too good to, to stop right now. Um, so I think that's down the road. Maybe we'll get a little more interaction between everybody and and get, uh, you know, the acclaimed kind of moving through those ranks to challenge them again for, for the belts.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Whenever the next pay-per-view is maybe, um, because they had their shot, they didn't get it. So now you got to work your way back up kind of thing. So I think that'll be a good storyline to watch. Um, so then we could talk about the, uh, the women's championship. That was kind of a shocker. I thought, uh, Tony storm did. I think you called that one. I don't think I, I've had picked Jamie hater, um, to hold on to that belt. Um, but Tony Storm ended up with that, take, taking the belt.
0: Yep, I called it. I thought uh, it was the only way to kind of progress that storyline as well. Um, you can't be having a good storyline and the people, same people taking losses all the time. So I think this was a good way. It also lets you split off um, and allow her to go on her singles run and still have uh, Paige and Ruby as a tag team to to go against and. Jamie or uh, Cheetah or anybody else that they decide to team up together with.
1: Yeah. Are we ever going to see Rebel again or is she just off into the sunset now? Does she even with Uh, AEW anymore?
0: (laughs) She is. I think she was just there as kind of that heel manager, uh, helper person. And since they're more face right now, um, going against the Outsiders... Outcast, whatever you want to call uh, the outcast, then we're not going to see her for a while. Maybe if Britt turns heel again, we might see her, uh, but until then, I think we're uh, we're on without her.
1: Yeah, and she wouldn't ever be able to switch sides on that either because she would never be an outcast. I mean, no, right? She's, she's not good... not according to their rules. Yeah, so she's just kind of on the outside for a while. Um well in Dynamite we had another match um which was Adam Cole and Britt Baker versus Soraya and Chris Jericho, which was just kind of a extension of the pay per view match between Jericho and Cole. Um which there was some controversy there because unsanctioned match was stopped by a referee. Um which people were kinda of like, why? But I mean, you know. So there was a referee. So, I mean, they're going to do something. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. You had to, if if you're going to have the match, it's going to be a you know last man standing match. If you're going to do a non-sanction with that referee and even then a ref, somebody still has to call that match to put an end to it or it'd still be going right now. So um, I get why people are kind of looking at it like that, but there are still rules in an unsanctioned match. It just doesn't go against anybody's record. That's why it's really unsanctioned. Um, Not necessarily for the fact that it's going against all of the rules of wrestling matches.
1: Yeah. I thought, you know, I did, we did see Britt Baker come out in that match and get involved with a kendo stick and whoop some people with it. So that didn't, that wasn't very surprising, but I thought that was a good little, good little thing.
0: Yeah, and the, then the match on Dynamite, uh, kind of hoping it goes more towards that where you're getting more of the men also in on the outcast thing. Um, so so you can expand that to a lot more of the roster, even though Adam Cole will obviously take the other side. But you could factor that in later where, you know, all the pressure is getting to him if some of the men join and, and they're losing all the time that, you know, Jericho... Kind of pulls him over to the other side, so we could get a lot out of this.
1: Yeah, I think it, it could it could be an expanding storyline and a good one at that. Um, I also wanted to talk about um, before we get to the the four pillars thing. I also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a hook and jungle boy, which he is one of the four pillars. But uh, just, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, just to see if. I don't know if maybe they were teaming back up. It might be kind of the direction that Jungle Boy is heading in after, you know, he lost in that Four Pillars match. Um, if he was going to continue on his own as a singles guy or, you know, teaming up with Hook. Like, I think they had teamed up in the past, um, a few times, but they'd be a pretty good tag team.
0: Yeah, they would. Um, just doesn't keep partners around. I mean, he was partners with Danhausen for a while, but I think they had one match together at um, a pay per view about a year ago. Also with Jungle Boy. I don't see them putting Hook in with a, a tag team. Everybody seems to like him and, and what he's doing. So I think this might have been just a, a one or two match thing. And then uh, I think you got to keep Jungle Boy and Hook both as singles competitors for the majority of of their time okay um
1: and then so let's talk about the the four pillars championship match it was a pretty good one i think there was a lot that went on um the little cue cards before the match tay Mello's pregnant i guess um <laughs> so her career's kind of taken a little step aside right now i guess that's another interesting little piece of the you know, the, the female part of being a wrestling wrestling athlete or any kind of athlete as a female I guess is deciding when to have a family. So congratulations to them. That's that's good. Um but other than that it was it was a great match. Um uh, I thought they ended it well, you know, with the belt being slipped in there. Um Darby Allen came really close, which I would have been okay with. Um but all in all, I think, I think it, they did well.
0: Yeah, it seemed, uh, seemed to be a very good match. Um, I've actually pulled it up. I know we talked about our pool on uh, DraftKings there. And uh, did pretty well on that. I don't know how you did. Uh, I got seven of the nine, so I did win a little bit of money, free money there. Um, but, yeah, uh, as expected, all four of those are great competitors. Uh very good match, you know, MJF doing his stuff, sliding in the belt for the coffin dropped, using that. Um, you know, Jungle Boy having the opportunity to use it as well did not do that. MJF took the opportunity to do it. So it's, it's all playing into their hands. Um, I thought there was going to be a swerve. There was not. Um, But the outcome, I think, everybody wanted, and uh, – yeah, just a, a great match from those four. So truly are the four billers in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And they there was no CM Punk coming out at the end. Um, they did finally announce it on Dynamite. It was to a mixed reaction, I think, from the crowd. There's, I think that's probably going to be how it is everywhere he goes. Except for Chicago. Chi- other than Chicago. Yeah. Um, so he's officially coming back. Uh, I did enjoy seeing um, MJF's entrance. That was uh, <laughs> that was something else, but he's uh, there's nobody like him, you know. Right now, I don't. And I, mean, I don't know if there's ever been anybody like him. And I was looking at a list of uh, AEW championship, you know people that have held the AEW championship and when they won the title and everybody was like late thirties and all this stuff. And, and he's 26. So he's, I mean, he's doing something right. So yeah, absolutely. he's really, he's enjoy- funny.
0: Kind of takes the, uh, the best of a lot of the old school wrestlers and, and mixes it all into, into one, some of the best heels. He's got that flare um, entrance type with the robes and, and everything like that. He can talk like a piper, um, but he can wrestle and, and do everything else, just like the greats at this young age. It, it'll be amazing to see what he can do in the future, uh, no matter where he goes. Uh, hopefully he stays in the EW. I think he's got more potential there and more freedom.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, the sky's <laughs> the limit for that kid.
1: Yeah and I mean like I like think you've told me before and I hear always hear people say you know the the best works are the the ones that have a little bit of real or truth in them and I saw some clips of you know the the press conference after after the match and all that where he was saying you know you're running at a you're running out of talent and all this stuff and I think he's being pretty damn honest to be <laughs> to be to be honest with you. And yeah. it's like, he's like, Hey, you know, you got to figure something out because none of these, none of these scrubs are going to take it from you.
0: Yeah. It's one thing I do like about him is he stays in, in character all the time. It seems like no matter where he goes or what he's doing, um, which you don't see a lot anymore, which is good and bad. Cause some of the people that I dislike the most in wrestling, I, enjoy watching other things that they do so it's kind of it's kind of hard to, to believe who they really are uh, with him you just don't know maybe he's the nicest guy in the world but he acts like an ass no matter where he's at from all the videos that you see but i think that's part of his great talent is just staying in character wherever he's at and whatever he's doing
1: yeah um and so let's we'll briefly touch on a couple other matches. There was the um, the ladder match between Cage and Wardlow, which I think it turned out pretty well. There was one moment that you know Wardlow proved he's a wild man. I don't know how tall that ladder was, but going off of that ladder, and onto the Lugisaurus, I mean he could have he could have easily killed himself. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, A big man like that, you don't see going, doing a swanton off of a ladder like that. That's what Jeff Hardy does, not what a Wardlow would do. Um, If you look at some of those replays, he barely hit Luchasaurus with the back of his head, and he took most of that on that second table himself, so it was a little scary moment, but he pulled it off, and he did that a couple different times, some of those high fire moves, which I was not expecting.
1: No, I mean, because he's a Large man, it's like, how, but I mean, I don't even want to stand on top of a six foot ladder, and he's standing on top of however tall that ladder was and jumping off of it. it. Yeah, yeah, so but I'm glad he won. I hope he holds on to that, uh, the TNT title for a while because he deserves it. And I I, I did want to ask you something about that real quick. I don't because I think they've already had a storyline. Because I know they were t- together at once, but Wardlow and MJF, and they they were together, and then they broke off, and then there was the whole he had to fight a bunch of people to fight MJF. Um, would that ever come back to have them go head-to-head again for the AEW Championship?
0: Uh, it could. depends on how much they decide to push Wardlow. Uh, if they continue on this track, yeah, I could see it in another six months a year, something like that, then getting back into the mix, which would be great. I just don't know how you couldn't really pull back that whole storyline from almost a year ago now. So maybe two years, it'd be hard to pull that all back together and tie it all together. But you could definitely start something else with those two, maybe a a belt for belt or something like that, if he's still holding it another, like I said, six, six months or so
1: okay and then the only other two matches that happened was the the hardys one so they now own the ethan page contract i don't think anything too exciting there um we all figured the hardys would win and then ftr won which is great as well um i don't know if is there anything you want to say about that one
0: no the only thing i thought really stood out about that match was when uh Aubrey came out and took a guitar shot to the head. Uh, yeah, I know she likes to get involved in that and she's got she's got super kicked before by uh I think it was Penta or Ray Phoenix, one of the two of them. Um that's the only thing that really stood out to me was was her taking that guitar to the head.
1: Yeah. There wasn't too many shenanigans and I don't think too much too much craziness going on there. All right, so all in all, I think it was a good night for AEW. Um, they had some great spots and um, just a good pay-per-view. Yeah, overall good show.
0: I've heard criticism about it. Some people thought it was slow at certain points, but um, you can't have all bangers. Every match oh. can't be one. you got to have coolers there, here and there. Um, but there were some surprises. You got some title changes, good uh, good spots. From pretty much every match, so um, yeah, good pay per view. Uh, Last match was was great. You know, Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite was a great match with a bunch of cool spots and exploding shoes, thumbtacks to the foot, you know, things like that. So yeah, overall great pay per view.
1: So let's just flip over to WWE for a little bit. Uh, Their Night of Champions. Um, there were a few I don't know eye openers there as, as well. I think. Um, you were more surprised than I was that Bianca Belair lost. Uh, I th- I thought it was time for Asuka to win, and she did. I think it's still dumb because again they're they're both on the wrong show. <laughs> so hopefully they'll figure that out. But um, but yeah, so Bianca Belair lost, and Asuka's now the was it the the Raw Women's Champion. On SmackDown, but they're both on SmackDown. Correct.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, it was a good match. I just uh, finished watching that one uh, a little bit ago. Uh, both great performers, so you didn't really expect it to not be great. But yeah, I was shocked by that uh, that ending for sure. Definitely more title changes on uh, on this show than there was AEW. But uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, one of those was not Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, um, who were happy
0: Yeah, to have wide, her squash wide, with wide and At that point, <laughs> why even have that match? If you're going to just do that and, and nobody cares about it and we all knew she was going to win, so why even put somebody in that position that you have to watch it unless it was one of those matches that allowed people to get up and go get their popcorn or go to the bathroom or whatever it was. Um, still wasn't long enough for any of that to happen. So uh, some of those matches, I just don't understand why, why we even put them in into the shows.
1: Yeah. Uh, Gunther also retained, um, which I think we all kind of figured was going to happen. And then, um, Which, let's see. So Trish Trish Stratus won. I was a little surprised by that one. Yeah. Um, That obviously wasn't for a belt, but uh, I
0: wasn't a good match. Yeah, I did not enjoy that. Uh, Nothing against any performer or, you know, old or new, but there is definitely a. Big difference in the speed and talent from people 20 years ago to people today, and you could see that when you had her and Becky go up against each other. It was, it wasn't the Becky Lynch match that you're used to. It was slower, botchier. Um, I don't know if you noticed at the end, like she caught an elbow or a knee to the to the nose and was bleeding Um, when Zoe Stark came out and, and interfered and. Kind of worries me that it, that happens. So I don't know if we're going to get another Trish match, or if that's just going to shoot straight over into Becky versus Zoe week, which would be better. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that happens instead of we get we're getting another match between those two. Yeah.
1: So then there's the um, the three main events, <laughs> right? Uh, First one was Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, I think we all kind of knew what was going to happen there. Uh, Brock Lesnar won with the Kimura Lock. Uh,
0: yeah, setting was, up
1: a third match. Yeah, that's I think that's the all they was. were trying to do there. Yep. Um, I think the match was. It went on a little longer than I kind of expected. As much as they were setting it up, that he was all hurt, but.
0: Yeah, especially for a Lesnar match, usually those don't go more than a, a couple minutes. So uh, it's yeah. kind of surprised that he just didn't pick him up and you know start suplexing the hell out of him and call it a day. So got a yeah. little bit more out of it. Uh, obviously, we're going to see a third match at some point in time where Cody will probably prevail. Kind of set him on on the path to get get the titles that he wants. Yeah.
1: Then Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens uh, retained against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. That wasn't really the main story. It was uh, Jimmy Uso uh, super kicking uh, Roman Reigns and basically sending the Bloodline into Civil War, which, you know, that's kind of the direction that's been heading, um, which is kind of enjoyable to watch. Finally breaking that up
0: yeah uh we'll see where it leads if we you finally get some closure out of all this and who sides who sides with who um, could go a bunch of different ways uh, you could split up the brothers and kind of set it on a you know a singles bout throughout the thing to get get his vengeance we could do tag teams split them all up yeah uh, a lot of different ways to go Go with
1: this. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. It was just nice to see that Roman Reigns not walking around with four belts. Or I don't know. I don't know. He'd probably be carrying around all six. You know, not letting Solo carry any of
0: them. Uh, My thought with that was if they won, he would make Jimmy and Jay carry the tag belts for them while Heyman carried the other belts um, so they didn't have to you could have progressed that storyline with that too. Like we were talking about last week, you know, we beat them, you lost to them. We're better carry our shit. Um, yeah. that could have started a whole, whole mess as well. So we'll see how this one goes.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles with, uh, the guy winning that kind of had to win. Um, not only because he's on the right show, but I think it's because he was the right choice. Um, I think he's the biggest superstar in WWE right now, Um, Seth Rollins, uh, which on all accounts is a very great match. Um, Both put on a great show. Um, And Seth Rollins came out on top.
0: Yeah, exactly what you expect from those two to go out and uh, set the tone and put on a hell of a good match. Great spots, you know. Again, I wouldn't expect anything less from those two to put on a, a banger of a match.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how how long Seth Rollins has the has the championship. Hopefully, it's not one of those that they're going to just start passing around to a lot of people. Um, I think he he's kind of a good champion that you know can be a fighting champion for a while. Um, yeah, it'll be
0: interesting to see who uh, who they put him up against here in the future. Um, I think there's a lot more tag teams on Raw right now, so uh, I'd have to look at the roster and see who could compete for that title against him. But uh, yeah, I think he'll be holding on to that for you know quite a while. Yeah,
1: which wouldn't which would be not a terrible thing. You know, he's good. He's a good guy to have it. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for uh, for the main part of the show. Um, we forgot to do. Do this on our last episode. We were running a bit long, so I I ended the show a little abruptly. So I apologize to anyone that enjoys listening to Burns's top five. Um, so we had a good one last week. So we're, we're doing it this week now. Um, I think this will be a good one. It's Burns's top five his of the worst finishing moves. So I will just pass it off to you.
0: All right. So let's start at number five.
1: Naomi's
0: rear view. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. If I could jump up high enough that somebody could run towards me, I jump up and they slam into my ass and fall down for a three count. I would do it. I can't do it. So props to her that she can get up like that. But I, you can't tell me that anybody's going to get knocked out by running into somebody else's ass. <laughs> so that is that is number five. Number four is the worm, specifically Scotty Two Hotties. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a fun move to watch, but after he does the worm, he gets up and he just drops on him. So, uh, compared to what we see some with some other people, not uh, not the most effective. Number three, I got Jerry Lawler's diving fist drop. <laughs> so he goes off, I believe the bottom or middle rope and then he just kind of punches you like he's punched you before throughout the match. So you know if it's gonna come off a middle rope with uh, you know an extra two or three feet um, with no force behind it, I think somebody actually punching you would do a little bit more. At number two, we have the great Collie's brain chop. again, You're hitting somebody in the head. You see hockey players and football players hit each other in the head all the time, and they just get right back up and go into the play. Um, Not effective, kind of clumsy, slow. Don't like it at all. And number one, which might be controversial, is Hulk Hogan's leg drop.
1: I was wondering if that was going to be in there.
0: It is. I mean, come on. He's literally just draping his leg over your chest. I could do that to a five-year-old and they'd get up and look at me like I was an idiot. So, uh, that has to be my number one of my top five worst finishers.
1: All right. I like that list. That's a good one. All right. Um, well, I just wanted to talk about a couple other things. Um, it's funny you mentioned a five-year-old you know i have a little five-year-old and it's like i i need to teach him how to pull his punches and kicks a little bit you know he's been we've been watching a little bit of wrestling lately and um i think you know aew is coming out with a new game um fight forever or whatever i think i'm gonna get that for the switch not only because i want to play it but i still so will he'll play it or whatever um but if anybody has any tips out there about how to teach a five-year-old to pull his punches a little bit, let me know. Because it's starting to hurt a little bit. Um,
0: They're deceptively strong for what, how little they are, aren't they? I had a five-year-old <laughs> over the weekend playing around and punching me too. And I was like, jeez.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, and then I will just say, you know, the NBA playoffs, we got the, the Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat. Denver won last night to go up 1-0. I think this might be a short series. Um, But Miami's, you know, one of those teams that you never know they they're going to go down fighting. But I just think Denver's too good. Uh, You know, I I had picked the Nuggets versus the Celtics, but the Nuggets to win it all when we on one of our earlier podcasts. So I'm still on the Nuggets. Yeah, they uh,
0: they look strong. I don't think Miami's going to be able to do anything to them. So I'm with you.
1: And then quickly over to the NHL. You know, it's the Florida Panthers versus the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Is it Vegas? Is that right? Yes. Um, which I think should be a good series. I mean, Florida's kind of come out of nowhere. Um, but you had, Brinson, that you thought the Golden Knights might end up here um, a few podcasts ago. So that starts tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, tomorrow. So that should be a good series.
0: Yeah, I'm still kind of open the air on this. Uh, I'd like to see Florida win. Just because they've have come out of nowhere. Um, on the other side, Vegas is out of the West, which my team is out of the West, so you always like to see somebody in, you know, your conference or divisions winning it. So yeah. that'd be nice. I like our coach. He used to play for uh, the minor league team that we have here in town. So I'd like to see Bush get a get a cut too. So um, if I had to pick right now, I'd probably go Probably go with Vegas just because I think Florida's had too much time off, um, and sometimes you can get some rust on you. So I think uh, they may drop a, a game or two and kind of be in a hole, which they aren't used to. So I'm gonna go with Vegas.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I was just gonna take. I was only gonna I was gonna take Florida only because Bobrovsky's been playing so good and and he used to be a Blue Jacket. So you know I'm just gonna go with that route. And then the only other thing is I've been staring at this all day and um, I think I'm just going to go ahead and take it. You know, Zach Eady went back to the boilers last night. So they're getting pretty much everybody back. Uh, you know, for everybody out there, I'm an IU guy. I'm not a Purdue fan, but Purdue Boilermakers to win the tournament next year is at plus 1800. That's about five down the list of everybody else. I don't know. I think that's a pretty good bet, with all the guys they got coming back.
0: Yeah, um, basically their their whole team's coming back except for one one guy that transferred in his senior year last year. He did make some clutch shots, but I think they got the two freshmen that'll step up this year, and uh, hopefully
1: they'll be uh be tough to beat. Yeah, so I think I may throw throw a few bucks on, on that. So, all right. Got anything else?
0: Nope. Just, uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I know we got some loyal listeners out there already, so thank you very much. Tell some friends and, uh, let's keep this train rolling.
1: Yeah. Um, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, we do have an email address if you want to drop a note or have any tips or anything It's just, JustinCase It Burns at gmail.com. So drop us a note. Alright. Until next time. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Just in Case It Burns. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Tell a friend about us, and we'll see you next time.